Join the Jones family with their grown children as they sit around the table to share their passion for marriage, family, and boundaries while providing inspiration, practical tips, and insight into a simple life that glorifies God. Whether you're a Christian or not, there will be takeaways to heat up your marriage, train up your children, and navigate this culture with more wisdom and perspective. So today we're going to talk about boundaries and how healthy boundaries have changed our lives for the better. And we've talked about it a lot on all of our podcasts previously, but we're going to make a whole episode about it. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right, guys. So Hannah and I were just talking about how she first got introduced to boundaries. And I think I have to go back and say that a friend shared it with me. So we were in Arkansas, and um, I said a few things that made her think that I needed to read the book Boundaries. And I'm not really sure what I said, um, but I can tell you that I used to be a very big people pleaser. So how we define people pleaser is somebody that is making decisions based on what other people want them to do. That's a, do you guys think that's a good summary? Yeah. Okay. And I probably made some comments like, I don't want to hurt their feelings or, you know, what if they don't want me to say that or do that or something along those lines, or I'm trying to keep somebody happy, but that somebody's not me. So they gave me a copy of the book. I read it. It changed my life, changed the trajectory of my life. I think more through my mindset of how I viewed relationships. And so it changed my life so much that when I was parenting, um, I, I, you know, it was one of those things I had always wanted my kids to read it anyway. And my girls are, they wouldn't admit it, but they are big readers. And I'll admit it now. I'm a okay. <laughs> You're not as rebellious now because Hannah would not even write in cursive for well, like, y- you don't tell me to read anymore. That's true. Yeah. Cause I homeschooled them. So, so Hannah, when did you read it? How did you get introduced to it? So I was probably 14 or 15, and I can't remember exactly why, but I was trying to think back today, and I, the best I can come up with is that I was saying things not in the people-pleaser side of things, but more of like, so-and-so causes me to feel this way. Like, the reason I'm this way is because everyone else. And kind of along the lines of like, I'm taking on the emotions that people are giving me versus like, no, I can take what they're telling me and choose to do something different with it. And so I'm pretty sure it was somewhere along those lines. So I read it then and obviously like took away what I could as a 15, 16 year old. And then, um, when we got married, Jake and I, I was like, you know what? I really would like to read this book again. And knowing that Jake was a nine and I thought he could also benefit from it. We read it out loud together. And of course, like, I mean, you could read it 10 times over and still not take all that you could possibly take from it. So it's it's definitely helped i think put like words to it for me as an adult too why like why i do what i do i think obviously those of us in this room know what boundaries are all about because we've talked about it so much in our family but how would you describe like to a listener right now who's saying all right when you're talking about boundaries like wh- why and what are you referring to can you I share mean, i would say that i was thinking about it earlier and like boundaries essentially is the ability to say no to people that you love and 
to people that you are trying to show love to. I mean, that's and it's essentially like you think about what a boundary, like a boundary line is. It's like creating a line around like what's me and what's not me. So like, what's your responsibility? What are your feelings? What are like, what's God called you to do? So it's those like, it's putting lines around yourself and defining that. I think it also puts up a protection for you too, is that you think about women that, I know we talked about this in biblical womanhood, but a woman that might be getting verbally, emotionally abused, um, it gives her permission to say, this is not something that is acceptable. This is the point where I need to make some decisions to not receive that from this person. So I need to remove myself and my children, if I have children, out of this situation, and that is God glorifying. So it's giving somebody permission to protect themselves from abuse as well. Do you find, because I, I, I know I've watched boundaries being played out in our lives. Um, do you find like that the person or the people around you that you're realizing are drawing so much away from you or putting so much on you that when you go to establish that boundary that quite often the people that are doing that have no idea that they're doing that? Like is it like a, a wake up call to them that they're projecting that on your life they're putting demands in your life, but because it's become such a normalcy for them that they don't even recognize that they're doing it. I think it's strange. I don't know about you, Hannah, but, or Jake, I, I think it's actually strengthened my relationships because I appreciate when somebody is able to tell me no, mm -hmm. like that is not something I'm going to do. I don't have time for that. That doesn't fit into my value, not values. Cause I would never ask anybody to do something against their values, but that's not what we were planning this weekend. It's, you know, I can't afford that right now. Like I completely appreciate that because it's not that I'm a pushy person, but I'm going to want to like do all that I can do. And if someone is willing to say, no, let's do this, this, and this, that kind of fits more into my budget or my time or whatever. I appreciate that. And so that's one way to look at how it's, how it's benefited relationships for me but also on the flip side too i think like part of what daddy was asking is like like did people who ha don't have boundaries realize they don't have boundaries and yes I, and i i think they do to some extent but it depends on the person but i think like okay people who don't have good boundaries i think they think to themselves something is not right here but it's everyone else mm. because I think like part of learning the boundaries thing is taking the responsibility on yourself to go, okay, if I need more sleep, if I need more food, if I need more love, I have to ask for those things. It's not up to everyone else to give me those things. Mm. And so like, oh, I can't, I can't get all this done because everybody asked me to do A, B, and C. Everybody expects me to be at church for C, E, and D, whatever. Like it's like they they think in their minds like this is everyone else's fault except mine that is a good way to look at it. yeah i mean I, and i think that's the that's one of the things that you realize is that sometimes it becomes the the habitual ask you know like something that's very simple you know maybe it's a a desire that people just expect that 
you know, every X day we're going to get together or you guys are going to come over and do something or whatever. And it becomes the assumed then puts the other people in a position that they just kind of go along with it, but puts undue stress in their lives because they're looking at it and going, if every Thursday we have to go bowling with Linda and Bill. <laughs> Why do you just, use bowling? Because I don't want it to offend anybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then Linda and Bill haven't, they don't ask us. They just continue to expect that we're going to be there. And then if we don't put the boundary up, what happens in our household is that we find ourselves going, we don't have time to do the things we need to do because we're constantly being pulled by others. Linda and Bill on the other side are just enjoying the time with us and not thinking of it as them. No, I, I was actually going to... Well, you know, one of the things I think about from a boundary standpoint, mm-hmm. this is a simple discussion. Oh, I thought I remembered. But go ahead. Is... I look at our Sunday night date nights as establishing a boundary. Absolutely. Right? Because every Sunday night since pretty much every Sunday night since the year 2000 midway, we do a Sunday night date night. And we've talked about that before on our podcast. But I will tell you, no matter how focused we are on doing that, there's there's been throughout the years people who have tried to take that and invade in that area. And we've had to kind of stand our ground going, bye-bye now. Honey, don't talk about the kids like that. <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> it's not the kids. Well, it has been. It was. It has the kids. It was. Okay, it is the kids. I mean, think about All it. All right, it's Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think that one one feeling that you can possibly indicate a problem with your boundaries is stress. So if you're getting stressed out on a regular basis, you might want to think about how your schedule is, what you're saying yes to, where you've set your boundaries, even with your friends. Enneagram sevens, you guys like to have fun and you like to say yes to a lot of fun stuff, but you might find that maybe your quiet time is lacking or maybe your time with your spouse is lacking or, you know, maybe your rest time or Sabbath is lacking. Um, I mean, I was going to ask you Enneagram nines, Jeff and Jake, how does it feel to you guys? Now I know, honey, you have a, a wing eight. So once again, Enneagram nines are peacemakers. They do not like confrontation. The eight mixed in with that, which is the challenger is kind of like the dichotomous side of a nine that says, I need to rise up and and say something, and I'm okay with that because they have that challenger side of them. But for Jake, you lean more towards the one, mm-hmm. right? Which is what I am. Yeah, the perfectionist. So is it harder? Do you think it's harder for you to, like, tell people in your life no because that's a confrontational thing? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I would say the confrontational thing and also, like, a. I mean, I remember in the book Boundaries – but like also in learning through just through like Hannah, she's, she's such a great teacher, but like being a nine and also being like a Christian, you want to do all you can to like help people. Mm. Right. Like you want to, but like, I think what I've come to learn is like, you can love people the way Jesus loved people, but you can't be Jesus for people. Mm-hmm. And like, so, I mean, that's kind of been what has given me like the strength to be able to say no to, especially the ones closest to me. 
So that's good. And I think you hit on a really good point there too, Jake. And I wanted to make a note of that because I usually don't say that to Jake. <laughs> um, but I think we we find ourselves sometimes convincing ourselves that the reason why we don't say no is because we're helping people. But we can easily fall into this um, cycle of using that as the scapegoat that breaks down the boundaries that you've established. Yeah, and I just want to say one thing that's probably going to offend some people. If you think that the reason you're saying yes to everything is because everyone needs you, then you probably have an issue with being a little bit self-absorbed. Because the thing is, you're not that needed. I'm not offended. You've already told me this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking All to right, you. it's over. I'm <laughs> out of here. We need some marriage counseling here. <laughs> but the like the thought in your mind of like, I can't say no. Everybody needs me is a thought that you're bigger than you actually are. That like God's not enough. Do you know what I say to that? What? I always say that that is making yourself an idol. Yeah. Mm, preach. I also think that you know, there's certain occupations that they have to be very cognizant of that because whether it's in the ministry world where pastors feel like they have to be at every single thing, they have to be present at every single event, they have to be there for all this because that's who they are, they're missing it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got to ba- boundaries. So when I think about boundaries and I'll, I'll be the first to say, I know this is going to come as a shocker, mm. group, but I haven't read the entire book. Right? You haven't I bu- read any of the book. I, I, I've read the cliff note. Have version. you ever <laughs> finished a book? It's yes, I Hannah. have. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have boundaries, Hannah. <laughs> um, I have read, I have the cliff note version of the book. Right. Yeah. I, okay. It's kind of like an executive view of it. I don't have right because your boundary is you don't have time to read books. That's right. I read. The I just read the books versions. and I enact everything in them. So. Yeah, trust me, I know. All right. So, <laughs> when you think about a boundary, when I think about that, it's it's building protection around something that's important to you. Mm-hmm. And when you when you look at that concept, you have to remember that. If, you're, if your faith is something that's important to you, then your boundaries should be around your worship. If your personal health is something that's important to you, then your boundary that can be created is around your well-being, your health. If your family is important to you, if your marriage is important to you. So you have multiple boundaries that are created that encirculate or encompass the things that you find value in. And then what you have to be able to do is to stand guard at every one of these boundaries. It's not, an, it's not an overwhelming concept. It's a very simple concept that you can look at people to say, look, is this that I'm being requested to do going to impact time with my family and my, or impact my health in a, in a negative way or prevent me from being able to do something with this situation? And if it is, you just have to lovingly be able to get away from that and to say no. And to explain to people sometimes there why you're There doing is a it. loving way and a non- or unloving way yeah, to set to set a boundary. You know, the wrong way to set a boundary is, you know, just being rude or mean or, you know, just not being kind with your words because mm-hmm. you, like Hannah was saying, or we were talking about earlier, is not everyone has heard the word no and a, and a valid reason why. Like, you know, that's not going to be an option for me because state your position. 
you know right. and I think it's okay to be honest absolutely like you don't have to just be like no i can't believe you would ask me that like to be like you know what like right now we're going through a busy season i like i need to prioritize my health so i'm not going to skip crossfit whatever like whatever the like thing is that you're talking about or no thursday nights are date night we don't we don't budge on that mm-hmm. unless it's a, an emergency or whatever like like to that exact point um is it john eldridge the guy wild he at w- heart yes he mm-hmm. was just on a podcast that i listened to a couple weeks ago and he talked about um him and his wife also do like a sunday sabbath together and he has kids now that are grown up and married and have kids and they had asked them to babysit on sunday because they had to go do something and normally they would say yes like because they love their kids and they want to help out but like it had been a stressful week they hadn't connected together and and so they like told them no and like to establish that boundary that like we need to protect our time as husband and wife even though they've been married for probably 35 plus years but just like that's a key point that they're Mm -hmm. still like but yeah like their kids were fine with that they just they found another option or they ended up not doing what they wanted to do because like that's just life like they right. d- but they don't hate their parents now because of right it. right well, you know they're modeling it. it yeah and part of it's just the communication overall you know i mean you think about something like that with john eldridge and his wife it's like if if their child is asking or if somebody's asking them to do something on a sunday and their response is you know i'd like to but we can't and here's my reason why you know, not we can't we we're, we're not going we're not to, going to yeah. because you know it's been a busy week and, and my wife and I need that time together you know I, I personally had a situation where I was involved with a, a group and they had as part of that group it was to meet once a month on a Sunday night and the meetings were supposed to go from a certain time to a certain time an hour long and I even made the comment that I, I can do it as long as I'm out of there by this time because we have our date night on Sunday nights and when I look back in those situations, one of the reasons why it's important to express that is it's setting the boundary, but it's also hopefully modeling, modeling, but maybe even allowing others to be motivated to do the same thing, you know, like to see the value in certain areas of their lives. And mm-hmm. yeah, like uh, one thing that we've talked about too, is like when someone like asks you to do something and like you want to help out, but like the way they're asking like whatever they're asking it seems a little bit too much there is also a way to like ask for a compromise like Mm -hmm. okay i'm like willing to help you out here but like what you're asking me to do is drive an hour when i when i think if we could meet halfway i could help you with the same thing but not have to go so far out of my way or whatever it is it's like it's okay to be like okay i i do i'm willing to help if you can make some sacrifices on your end because i'm the one helping you right Mm -hmm. So you shouldn't expect me to do it all your way. Yeah, and I think it's also looking at the boundaries you create and how many of them are in concrete and how many of them are on, wi- on wheels. You know, because there's times that mommy and I will have date nights on different nights because something's coming up. We make it fluid. Right, we make it yeah. very fluid to say we're going to have a date night. So if Thursday night needs to be for this then we'll just make sure we do our date night on Friday night, you know, or Saturday morning or whatever. Um, so part of that boundary is creating what's a priority, protecting that priority, 
but being able, like in our case, to be able to shift things around to fit the schedules that we find mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask the question, but I also know the answer. <laughs> so I'll just pose the question. I'll let Hannah answer. So Hannah, why do you think people grow up and have unhealth, unhealthy boundaries? Like, what do you like? Do you are you just born with unhealthy boundaries? I mean, I think everybody is born with a, like a sin nature and a in nat- a nature to like get what they want. And so, like your your nature is to like take care of me, preserve me, feed me, make me happy type of thing. But sometimes your your nature becomes manipulative, and so like I think there's two different sides of it of like where there's unhealthy boundaries. There's the side of you're the manipulator. You're the one who wants everything to be what you want it to be. And sometimes that comes from like being deprived of like, I didn't have what I wanted. I didn't Mm -hmm. have what I needed. And so now I'm going to require that everyone gives me that. Mm. Or there's the opposite of like, well, I mean that, that shows both sides of it. Like Mm -hmm. some, when sometimes when you've grown up with a manipulator, whether it's a sibling or a parent or a friend or a grandparent or whatever, it's like sometimes you become like, almost like a manipulator enabler where you're just like, I'll give you anything because I don't want to ruin this relationship. So I'll just keep giving and keep giving and keep giving. Mm -hmm. And so it's like both sides of that are damaging to people, Mm -hmm. but you get so caught up in it that it just seems normal. And it seems like if you budge on something, you're going to hurt somebody Mm -hmm. and you might at first, but in the end it's going to like benefit you to no end. It's healthy. So here's a question for the ladies. Um, so, from two different perspectives, one's going to be a fairly newlywed, and one's going to be an oldlywed. No, a uh, skilled, seasoned, skilled okay. married woman. What do you find in the in the women network, or as women, mm. tend to be the top three things that people are doing that's encroaching on your boundaries? I'll start. No, I'll start. I'm not going to sit there and give Roman numeral number one and like outline it for you. Like we can dialogue back and forth. Right, Hannah? That's my boundary. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would say um, just because somebody texts you, I sometimes feel like if they're texting me during my family time that I've got to respond back. And I don't. And even though the texts keep coming in or the group texts keep coming in, there is a battle because in my mind, I'm thinking if I just go ahead and just like, go, you know, thumbs up, just take care of it, you know, or answer really quickly, then it'll stop. What I realize is that setting a precedence. And so I think um, as a woman, we don't we shouldn't necessarily assume that we're not being loving by not responding right away. Like I can clearly see this is not an emergency. I do not need to respond if I'm with my family and, and I'm setting that boundary. So th- I think that's the first thing. Yeah, And you did a great job with that yesterday. What do you mean? With not dealing with text messages. I did. I was very proud of you. Yeah. Thanks honey. She left her phone at the house during church. And everything oh, afterwards. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> It actually felt really good. <laughs> and I and I, I was like, how many text messages do you think I have when I get back? I said, there's definitely a group text message on there. I probably have 16. And you were closer. It was only seven. See, if I left my phone at home, I would come back and there'd be zero messages. And I'd be like, well, 
That's why it's the That's era. because your boundary is that you don't ever look at your phone. Yeah. We, right. I we can't even get a hold of you. On Sundays, it's so depressing because both of our phones are just like nothing. Yeah, but you guys long. are younger. And like they're with these kids, they're not texting all the time. But like, honestly, you have to be that way. Yeah. Like, so we listened to a podcast with Sadie Robertson interviewing her gram- grandmas, mm-hmm. like her her grandma and her great grandma. And they, they talked about something that was really good. And I think this is super helpful to think about it this way. And that like, we're in a generation where you have to set really good boundaries because everyone is encroaching on you. Where like, you go, you go home and you shut your front door and the world is still trying to get you because you still have your phone. You still have your, your uh, Alexa or whatever. <laughs> you have access to the world. Like there's like, the world is still coming in. They're trying to call. They're trying to text. They're on your social media. And so, like, it doesn't stop. People expect that you're going to, like, respond when you want to respond, but you think they are expecting a response right now. You think about back, like, in our grandparents' generation where, like, there was no phones, and if there were, it was a house phone, and, like, people didn't call at 6 o'clock at night. People didn't call on Christmas Day because that's your, like, personal time. And so no one tried to people knew that it was going to ring in your entire house Mm. or that your doorbell was going to wake up everybody in the house. They're not going to show up in the middle of the night or on a weekend or like there was boundaries because you knew that you were imposing on somebody. Mm -hmm. But yet like we let people just like have every bit of our time when we're at home or on a weekend or a holiday, like we have to set the boundaries. That's really good. I mean, I, I work with a lot of women and they're all amazing. I really do think that. But women, it's really more about hearing the conversations and the concerns of a woman. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm, I'm a gist person. So my bottom line is, is going to be a concept from boundaries. Like, you shouldn't worry about that other per- how, how that a person feels about your decision. You know, like, uh, in my mind, I'll think that if I overhear something. And... But there is a sensitivity level, especially as a leader, where you have to acknowledge feelings and emotions sometimes, regardless of whether you think they should have them. So Hannah, in the younger adult world. Well, I feel like it's a little different for me just because I, I set the boundaries from the beginning where I, before I was even an adult, I guess. So a lot of times I don't get asked things that I shouldn't be asked to do or when I'm asked I don't have like a second thought about like saying no or asking for like a compromise but I think what you were saying about like the emotions I think is what is so different as a woman is that like like okay even my like family for example like I know when my mom asks me something or invites me to something that she does not expect me to say yes like I'm not going to hurt her by saying no but at the same time like sometimes when I have to say no or I've already got like another commitment, it still like hurts me because I don't want to like hurt my family. So it's like, it's dealing with like, I, this is what I need to do, even though it's not what I feel like doing and saying no. So I would say that's probably the biggest thing. Well, and we kind of established that right in the beginning when you guys got married, either, did we have a conversation or did you put it in a letter or I think we talked about it. I mean, yeah, we talked about it several times like I think when I became an adult and yeah when I got married and stuff yeah well when you moved out of the house Mm -hmm. there was no longer this like hey you want to come with me you know like Mm. like I would have to be more intentional right and I remember what you said you said always invite and give us the opportunity 
and we'll fall into a groove with like how often we want to see each other, how often we feel like we need to talk. Because we just didn't know what that was going to be. Right. And like 75% of the time, we get to do what you're asking us to do with you. Right. But the 25% that we don't, it's okay. Like it, it doesn't hurt anybody's feelings. No, we just, I think that's part of the boundary is that I'm not going to let myself get offended by something that you say Mm-mm. no to. No, because I, I think from our side of it, you know, when we think about you guys, you know, part of it's just understanding the difficulties that you guys have when we ask because we know that having parents as amazing as us you want to be around us all the time right so having to force yourself to say no (laughs) is really important speaking of uh i mean like people invading in on boundaries like can you imagine people texting while we're trying to do a tanner wanted to let me know that both dogs were in the crate fyi and i wanted to make sure that they were okay so that's my Mm -hmm. boundary is that i need to make sure they're okay i'm still a mom you can't take that out of me Mm -hmm. i was just gonna say for me like in in like growing in my boundary is is helping in these situations i guess like because i am so easygoing whereas like i want to make everybody happy even though like obviously it is always fun to hang out with that like with you guys or with the family but like sometimes it's it is showing hannah love more when i'm like i always think i overthink everything obviously because i'm still talking but <laughs> like <laughs> it, it loves hannah more for you to tell us no sometimes right even yeah. though i i originally think i like i just like i obviously i want to and then i also think i want her to be happy but also like and saying like I want to like I want her to spend as much time with you guys as possible so I'm always like yeah obviously mm. but then like that's not how she like that's how I think I would receive love but that's not yeah. how she receives the love right. does that make sense well yeah, I like think it, yeah I think it's the balancing of your perception of what you think Hannah's desires might be with so if if your wife's family invites you to do things, there's a part of you that says, I enjoy being around her family. I don't want to prevent her from being around her family. She doesn't maybe always want to be away and she wants to be here. So you got three scenarios that are playing out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that as a, you know, an Enneagram nine, that makes it really hard too. Cause you guys can see all sides. Right. Cause I mean, you give us one scenario, we're solid. Well, we want you to love our daughter in that way. And so, like, if, if it means loving our daughter is saying no to us or saying no to something we invite you to, we appreciate that. Right, because a lot of times we're not really wanting you guys to come with us. We're just trying to put you through the task <laughs> of figuring it out. That's not nice. <laughs> no, we're trying to help you grow, Jake. I was going to say, like, like, in the instance of marriage and family, like, putting – when you know the boundaries that are set around things already for your spouse and your kids – or one or the other like keeping those boundaries is loving to them mm-hmm. and so like same as your kids it's like if you tell them we're never going to run into the street don't ever run into the street and then one day you're like go for it just run into the street do you think they're going to feel safe like no they're not going to feel safe because you've told them that's dangerous and so like you've set that boundary for them and then you let up on it and they're not going to feel the same like trust for you and so same as like in marriage it's like like some of the examples like what jake is talking about like 
where we were invited to do something and the only night we could do date night that week was Thursday and that was when we were invited to do something and it's like okay sure we'll go do that and I'm like what do you mean we'll go do that like you don't want to go on a date with me and it's like like I need him to not only like want the best for me but to protect the boundaries that we've set and so like when you hold those boundaries around your marriage around your family around your life you're not just like benefiting yourself you're also benefiting the people that you love you know one of the things that i was thinking about when you were saying that hannah too is you know in nehemiah when they talk about the building of the walls and how they had the family separated and you know the the bible talks about them having the tool in one hand and the sword in the other Mm-hmm. And you, you start to visualize the difficulty it was to build that wall because they had the the threat of the enemy or the attack coming in. Mm-hmm. So I, I share that, one, because it makes me sound really Christian to be able to use that. <laughs> but, no, two, but, <laughs> but two, I think the other point is when you think about family and relationships and stuff like that, it's easier to build the boundary when the when when the it's not coming at you so like you guys do you know we'll talk about in springtime or summertime you know what are your plans for thanksgiving and christmas because that way whatever you guys are planning to do we know as a as a family versus waiting till you know the day before thanksgiving (laughs) and us going hey are you guys coming over for thanksgiving you know and then you feel pressure so you know, whoever's listening out there, whatever you're planning that you know you want to do as a family, as a couple or whatever, it's talking about that stuff way in advance to lay the groundwork so everyone's aware. Otherwise, it becomes a little bit more sensitive to people because the closer it gets to a time like that or the closer it gets to an event or a challenge, the, the other side is already assuming it's going to happen. And in their mind, they've already accepted the fact that you said they you are even though you've never spoken a word does that make sense you're looking at me like i'm an idiot i'm mesmerized are you yeah all right no i mean we've got a week planned after christmas did you guys know did we tell you that yeah we've known about okay that. good i just want to make sure that we're living by what we just said <laughs> no i mean as your kids get older it gets harder and harder and harder to get everybody together and everyone with adult kids can vouch for that so no but one thing that you guys do that's like helpful for us in order to like us both have boundaries is it like say when it comes to like a vacation like you plan it a couple months in advance at least i mean like christmas you're talking like mm-hmm. it was planned six months in advance you give us the dates you tell us where it's going to be what the rooming situations are and you, and you let us decide like if you guys can come one night great if you can't come at all great we're still gonna have fun without you and if you can come the whole time we'd love to have you there so it's like like laying out the plan, making it clear, knowing that it's it's firm, it's not going to change, it's like it's booked, but like you decide still what you're going to do. Because the thing is like boundaries are not always like your decision. Sometimes it's like, oh, I can't get that day off of work or they have like other things that we had already committed to or like whatever it is. It's not always just you going, do I want to go or do I not want to go? Well, and yeah. also I think that there's, I don't know if it's the generation above us, babe, and I'm not picking on anybody in particular, but I think some moms and dads get very frustrated when they can't get everybody together. Yeah. And then they're like, well, you know, you didn't give me your schedule and -and so-and-so said they were going to come, then they're not going to come. I think we heard that enough 
around us and I'm not saying my family I mean I'm probably thinking more my parents friends or my aunts and uncles I don't even know but I know that there was a lot of work around getting people together in that generation and we just decided that we're gonna be grateful for whoever can come we're gonna make the plan we're gonna cast the vision for the family Jeff because he's the the leader of the home and whoever can come can come if we have extra bedrooms it's okay like we're just going to I know sometimes it's hard to know how big of a place to rent or whatever but you've got to know that people are going to get sick people are going to back out people are going to tell you at the last minute they're coming so you've got both things happening you just got to roll with it yeah and I think as a parent it's important to to not put any undue pressure on the kids too like like the scenario with after Christmas, you know, I could see us going, Hey, we've booked a place after Christmas. You know, if you guys can make it great, like we said, um, but really want you guys to come. I mean, we could do this, we could do this. And you start selling it. And we haven't seen you guys, you know, we haven't been on vacation with you guys in like over a year. And why are you the whole family together in forever? Why are you choosing their side of the family over our side of the family? Like we always do something this time of year. I mean, like, and, and I yep. and I am not getting that from my parents because my parents have really set great boundaries around their marriage and their family, and they're like so easygoing about stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we don't get. Yeah, that. I mean, I think that's just important for all of us to yeah. to know that as parents, as kids, whatever, that it's like when you say cast the net, the vision. I'm thinking casting the net, and you just you cast the net to your family, and you're thankful for whatever fish you catch. Right. And, you know, I mean, all this stuff, like this scenario here that we're talking about, and I know we're going to wrap it up. To me, it comes down to just so many different topics we talk about. Because I'll be honest with you, like we cast it out and and I love, I I absolutely love and adore our kids, all of them. And, you know, I I want, I would love nothing more than to have all all four of our kids and Jake and, and everybody there to do things together and have fun and create memories. But the reality is the probability of that happening is minimal, you know? At this point, yeah. But I, I'll be honest with you, too. If none of you kids show up and it's just mommy and I in a house together, mm. I'm, hmm, I'm good with that, too, <laughs> you know? And, 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 I, and I, I, I joke about it, but I'm actually serious about the fact that I think it goes back to other things we've talked about, that... Things like that, mm-hmm. it's it's so important to build and strengthen and build boundaries and do invest in the things that are important in your lives because as married couples becoming parents, becoming empty nesters, it, it, you've, you've got to protect all those pieces along the way. You've got to protect your marriage when it's young. You've got to protect your family when they begin to grow. You've got to protect your marriage during the family. Then you've got to protect your marriage as the kids get older. And then you got to protect your bigger family after that. And it, it's a constant ebb and flow of protection and investment and strengthening that allows the boundaries to be successful. And everything that you do, if you do it in love, the impact that you make, the ripple effect that you make in other people's lives will not only help those that are within the boundary, but those who are on the outside learning how to do things better. So... Every day, live and learn. Live it out. Rock on. I have one last thought. Okay. 
I was just going to say to add to that is we have been blessed so much by the one-on-one time that we've had with each one of our kids as you know you and I together with Jake and Hannah we get special time with them we had special time with Hope when the boys were gone to boot camp and AIT now we've had special time with Tristan when he comes home and Tanner's at work and then you know we've had special time with Tanner you know when Tristan's gone and so and Hope's gone now and I just I love the special moments like that with each one of our kids but my last final thought and I don't know if you guys want to do you guys have anything I don't think so I mean we could go on and on about this I topic. just I just want to say go get the book boundaries and read it and then buy a copy who's for it by cloud mcleod and dr townsend Henry townsend and cloud oh, wait um we'll put yeah. it in the notes cloud we'll and townsend the, yes cloud and thompson doctors townsend Tom- or Tom- townsend townsend yeah and just as a notification if there's anybody out there who does not read a lot of books <laughs> you can actually go on to ibooks and there are things that they offer which are um key views and abbreviated versions of a lot of these really important books that are out there so boundaries is when to say yes how to say no and to take control of your life by dr henry cloud and dr john townsend um you can it's by instared is the organization that does the key takeaways analysis and review of these books so take it in live it out live large thank you for listening to this episode Don't forget to subscribe, and if you liked what you heard, leave a review. We'll see you next time on the Saturday Morning Crew.